everybody. Welcome back to But Why the Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, just want to tell you to head on over to all of our social media, get involved in the conversations. You can find us on Twitter at But Why Though PC, and you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash But Why Though PC. And as always, check out our website, But Why Though Podcast. Dot com and check out all the amazing work that our writers are doing, pumping out stories, their feelings, and uh, just getting some pop culture job, uh, just getting the pop culture job done. Um, if you want to support us even more, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash but why though PC. Enjoy the show. Beth, 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 Beth. I got bras of Wakanda. My niggas, they call me T'Challa. Keep my claws at the polish. My brainium lit if I'm honest. Legacy. Panther, keep getting the green like I'm banned. That's why I'm the king of commander. A beast if I'm keeping the candy. Legacy, Panther, cause you're like if you can handle. So reason I'm keeping the man. So you wanna start to me, you can be canned. Due to your crew like I do when one panel, when hits against chest and you blue like a cannon. I lift when I talk to my shoes and my sandals. I come after anyone, you can ask status. Easily, you niggas can't even come speak to me. My energy hold a new frequency, freaking leads me to the CC will cease to be. You will meet to me, only fit to be. At the bottom, I'm at the epitome. That's a freebie, I'm the newest pieces. I cut to the thesis. And now I can see that you be the deficiency Legacy, got it I sleep in my bed with a goddess Convene with a heart full of prophets Flow my throat in the door on my lodging I'm for the knowledge is there for the cast Think you may actually make it at last Otherwise you can just lay in the cast Mac has to get me the favorite rebels Hey everyone, today we are officially back from our little mini hiatus with episode 51 And we are talking about the King of Wakanda The Black Panther T'Challa as always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And a Black Panther expert, Ritz. Oh, what's going on? I'm not an expert. <laughs> you have a podcast on it. That makes you an expert. <laughs> have you been doing it for 10 years? For 10 years? No. Yes. <laughs> no, you're not an expert. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to do something for 10 years. 10,000 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so welcome back. We're happy to have you back here again. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> and to bring some of that hashtag do you even comic book knowledge onto our nice podcast. Word. So yeah. <laughs> y'all look out y'all look out for the site because it's uh it's coming. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know about a site, so I'm even more excited. <laughs> well, I, I was kind of like, I didn't know when he was going to talk about the site. Because it should be released. Well, at least according to the last time I talked to you, the site should be up about two days after this releases. Matter of fact, this will probably be on there on the front page, probably. <gasps> yes. There we go. So loved. Feel so loved. <laughs> We've made it. <laughs> so first question to start things off do you know who black panther is and when did you first meet him adrian uh yes i know who black panther is he's a guy who dresses in black and has panther powers <laughs> from civil war obviously uh no I, I didn't know a lot about black panther until he came out in the civil war movie um and then i started talking to you about Black Panther, and you taught me a bunch about Black Panther, and then I started following Ritz and all those guys, and I just learned a whole bunch about him. Uh, I think I first saw him, he had like a cameo thing, or like he showed up in X-Men uh, like the 19, like the one in the 90s, like once, I think, if I remember. 
it was either that one or like one of the one of like the early you know comic book uh, animated series and like that was about it so that's that's all i had known about him until he showed up in like the mcu hmm. yeah so for me um one of the kids in my elementary school class who got me into reading comics or i read comics with rather uh, had a black panther issue i don't even remember what it was i just remember that i thought it was really really cool because i really liked his suit so then i read a whole bunch um and my first I guess the first time I really saw him, um, I believe it was a Christopher Priest comic, um, which is why I have a very specific love for certain things about Black Panther that I'll get into later. Matt? Um, so, I, uh, well, I do know who he is, and I think the first time I saw him would probably be, I believe he was in Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which I believe came out in 2004 or so. But I also knew he was in a lot of the, at least the Avengers animated series. And I do know in the second Marvel Ultimate Alliance, they did the whole entire Civil War and all of Wakanda in that entire game. And he was obviously a playable character for that. So I, I feel like I've, 2004, that's like 15 years. It's a good bit. <laughs> but yeah, so I did know who he was as far as a character. And I knew he was like in Wakanda and all the other stuff from basically some of the earlier uh, Marvel games and a lot of the animated shows they had. And then obviously excited when we saw him in the MCU. Yeah. And best for last, best for last, Ritz. Uh, yeah, I know who he is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would hope that I do. <laughs> that I know something about Black Panther. Uh, you know, having a podcast about him. Um, but man, that the second part of that question is really that's that's a difficult question. Like. When did I first meet him it's, or, or see him? That's like, it's almost like asking, like, you know, when did you realize you had a brother or a sister, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or when did you first remember seeing your mom or dad? Like, I, like, I don't know. It's, <sighs> he's always been there kind of, you know, um, maybe in the back corner of some Avengers panel or something like that. Uh, I mean, it, it was it was it was most likely an Avengers comic that I first saw him in, but like you know, like an old Avengers comic, maybe something from the '90s, because you know, I used to have some you know here and there. Then, um, I mean, and then you know later on, the the pre run stuff like that. So I, I I would see issues here and there. I didn't have the whole entire pre run, you know, as it came out, but you know, I remember uh, seeing stuff from it. But um, yeah. I mean, like this is really hard to pinpoint <laughs> for Black Panther. Like when the first time I saw him or remembered him, you know, that's a tough one. See, I agree with him on that because I'm like, I feel like I've known of the character, but I like I said Marvel Ultimate Alliance because that's like when I first, I guess, actually, I guess, learned anything about him. But even like some of the earlier, like, oh, I knew he existed. Yeah. For the longest mm -hmm. time. So maybe the question should really be like, when did you, when did you start to like him? Is there a moment that you can think about when you started to like him? Hmm. Or is that probably, just probably the first time I picked up one of his old uh one of the one of the priest run comics, probably. Uh, <laughs> I mean it was a it was a random comic. I can't remember what was going on in it. I just remember the art was cool and that he seemed like kind of like uh he kind of felt like the black Batman. That's what I was thinking at the time. I was like the black Batman, you know. 
<laughs> Hold on, I want to take this moment to say I love you because I, I I've always equated Batman and Black Panther, not Batman and Moon Knight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I was definitely thinking like yeah, he's he's kind of like Batman, um, just in his style and stuff because you know. Of course, around that, it's, it's the same thing to deal with Batman. You always know who Batman was. Like, you know, when you first remember seeing Batman, I don't know. But, it, you know, <laughs> I remember that he was similar to him. So, yeah. Yeah. Do y'all want to add anything to that one? Oh, I always thought he was the uh, Batman of Marvel. Oh, I meant like when you first liked him. But yeah, that too. Oh, I just thought that at first, I was with the same. I When I first saw him, I thought it was the Batman of Marvel. <laughs> Between the demeanor and the way he was. Yeah. And obviously, he uh, yeah, control of an entire yeah, country. Was, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> not per se a lot of money, but he controlled an entire country, which I, I just equate to having a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't really know like a whole lot about him until like the last couple of years. I mean, I just jogged my memory with good old Google, and it was in. X-Men the animated series he has like a non-speaking role like where they're in Africa and he's just like in the background I guess kind of like Batman because this is like where he has like a cape and stuff and I kind of want to see like the MCU Black Panther with a cape I think that'd be pretty dope no I love his cape I I love his cape it was kind of dope also because like the Fantastic Four one kind of has him in a cape and that's the one where like Keith David voices him and I remember that one now too now that we've talked a lot about Keith David in our past like two records which is very yeah. weird for me. Uh, but yeah, like, I kind of like the cape a little bit. I kind of like it. It's like very yeah. Batman esque. I don't like the cape. I actually prefer him without the cape. Yes. Thank you. Um, well, you're it's, it's more, it's more, see, see, with the cape, he has the, the royal air to him and it, and it gives him this air of, of superiority, of, of dominance or whatnot. But when he's not wearing the cape, it shows more of, it, it, it seems to fit the mantle. A little bit more like the cape is almost like the kingly mantle and then without yeah. the cape is almost like the the you know the panther mantle that makes sense oh i will say this i like bat i i like I'm call him batman i like black panther every time he outsmarts somebody he wants to bring into his team <laughs> oh yeah because <laughs> he has to beat the crap out of you before you can come into the fold <laughs> <laughs> And I respect. So Black Panther is published by Marvel Comics and it was created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. And he first appeared in Fantastic Four number 52 in July of 1966. This places him in the good old Silver Age of Comics, like most of the most like most of the prominent heroes we know today. Um, the series itself depicts a Black Panther as T'Challa, king and protector of the fictional Af- African nation of Wakanda, um, along with possessing enhanced abilities achieved through ancient Wakandan ritual. T'Challa also relies on his genius intellect, rigorous physical training, martial arts skills, access to advanced technologies, and wealth to combat his enemies and foes. Black Panther is also known for his high-profile relationship with fellow superhero Storm of the X-Men, which is probably one of my favorite things. I just got to throw that out there and interrupt me talking about him because power couple (laughs) with their problems still. (laughs) Um, So moving beyond that and going into his actual character history, um, this isn't something like... 
an Iron Man or like it's not a title that is for one specific person or is meant for one specific person. The mantle of Black Panther itself is actually a ceremonial title that's given to the chief of the Panther tribe, which is the tribe to which T'Challa belongs to of Wakanda. In addition to ruling the country, he is also the chief of its various tribes. And the Panther habit itself is a symbol of office, um, pretty much like a head of state, like you were saying, Ritz, with the cape being more regal, because you do wear it and during diplomatic missions as well as other things. Um, and the, the Panther itself works as a hereditary title, which means it's passed down from father to son to sister in some cases. Um, but you still have to earn it and you still have to go through the trials to be able to embody it. Um, so as much as it's hereditary, Black Panther is also like a state of being. Um, in the distance, the reason Wakanda is super advanced, as I said, he has access to all that technology is because in the distance past in the distant past, a meteorite made of vibranium vi <laughs> a meteorite made of the vibration absorbing mineral vibranium crashed in Wakanda and was unearthed. Reasoning that outsiders would exploit Wakanda for this valuable resource, the ruler King T'Chaka, like his father and other Panthers before him, concealed his country from the outside world. T'Chaka's first wife, uh, wife Nayami, died while in labor with T'Challa, and his second and his second wife Ramonda was taken prisoner by Anton Pretorius during a visit to her homeland in South Africa. So for most of what? It sounds like the actual- uh, Petraeus? Yes. The Blade Runner? Yes. Yeah, I yeah, I thought that when I was typing these up. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so this means that for most of his childhood, T'Challa was raised by his father alone. When T'Chaka was murdered by the adventurer Ulysses Claw in an attempt to seize the Vibranium Mound, he's left alone. With his people still in danger, a young T'Challa uses Claw's sound weapon on Claw and his men, shattering Claw's right hand and forcing him to flee. So, question. Why is Claw called Claw before he loses his hand? Just, just his name, and that's because that's how you know Stanley writes. <laughs> <laughs> that's accurate. The better question is, why are all these like names for all this special stuff in like this universe just so like on the nose? <laughs> <laughs> because Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley. <laughs> oh, okay, so. Uh, T'Challa earned the title and attributes of the Black Panther by defeating the various champions of the Wakandan tribes. One of his first acts was to disband and exile the Hatu Zuraze, the Wakandan secret police, and its leader, his adopted brother Hunter the White Wolf. He sold off small portions of vibranium to scientific institutions around the world, amassing a fortune which he used to arm himself with advanced technology. Later, to keep peace, he picked... Uh, he picked the Dora Milaje, or also known as the Adored Ones, from rival tribes to serve as his personal guard. He then studied abroad for a time for a time being before returning to his kingship. Um, I would just like to say that the Dora Milaje is a personal guard who are also made up of all women. And they're badass. <laughs> some of the best. Um, huh? And I was saying they're some of the best. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> so in his first published appearance, the now adult T'Challa invites the American superhero team, the Fantastic Four to Wakanda, then attacks and neutralizes them individually in order to test himself to see if he is ready to battle Claw, who had replaced his shattered right hand with a sonic weapon. After the ruler makes proper amends to his to the superhero team, the four befriend and help T'Challa, and he and he in turn aids them against the supervillain Psycho Man. I, I really hate re reading this out loud because it makes me realize how bad some of these names are. <laughs> <laughs> On the nose. <laughs> <laughs> and after this is pretty much where we get. The T'Challa, I think a lot of people know, and that's the T'Challa of the Avengers. He goes to New York, joins them, and he begins a long association with that team. So, for superpowers, he's a genius, and he is almost always listed in the top 10 of the smartest characters in Marvel, alongside Banner, Tony Stark, Peter Parker, um, oh, I can't remember her name, Moon Girl, is it something Lafayette, isn't it? Lunella. Yeah, Lunella Lafayette. Um, they He is consistently considered the, the, one of the smartest. Um, and then after, he actually isn't superhuman in the fact that he has, like, not, he's not a mutant or an inhuman where he innately has these powers. He has to first eat a heart-shaped herb, and this grants him things like strength, agility, and, like, super senses. And Ritz, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know that it has to do with the lore of Wakanda itself. Um, yeah. So, um, so what you were saying earlier about the uh, the, cer the ceremonial title of the Black Panther, uh, when when they're when he's being raised, when the child is being raised as a young boy, or or anybody who's uh, I guess going after the title of Black Panther. Um, when it's being, you know, it's passed down from generation to generation. So before him, it was T'Chaka, his, his dad. Um, whenever they're going for the title, they, they start their training at a very young age. Uh, in T'Challa's in, in instance, he's mainly trained, well, his 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 uncle Ziri, uh, he shows up in the in the priest of Black Panther. He's like, you know, real big, you know, like Black Thor looking dude. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a... Uh, and he's he's kind of trained by him, and he has, he has to defeat him in battle. Uh, he has to defeat several trained Wakandan warriors. He has to uh, go without food and water for a, a set amount of days. I can't remember the, the exact number of days. Uh, uh, climb, uh, I believe, I believe, climb the. Uh, I can't remember the name of the mountain either. But uh, but he has to go through all these uh, rigorous challenges and whatnot. And uh, at the end of it. He takes uh, on this this heart shaped herb, this this special herb, uh, and the herb is in, in itself a test. Uh, so, if you aren't worthy of it, it's not like Mjolnir from Thor, but it's, <laughs> in a in a sense, kind of like that. If you if you aren't if you don't have the willpower, the worthiness, or whatever you want to call it, then um, it can kill you or or send you in a coma or or you know something of of the like. So. After you go through these these uh, challenges, you then still have to have the fortitude to be able to accept accept the herb, and then you gain its abilities, which which uh, you know are enhanced strength, agility, uh, senses, and in the fact like, like like tracking, you know, stuff like that. Um, so that that's kind of how those powers work. So has anybody eaten it and actually gone into a coma that that we like have I guess been portrayed in the story? Yes. 
uh, Eric Killmonger. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he uh, he actually uh, fought the Black... So, the thing about Eric Killmonger is that Black Panther's never defeated him. Uh, he's like the one guy that he can't beat uh, for whatever reason. But... Uh, Notice Eric, that Ritz said the one the one person he can't beat people. That's important <laughs> later. Is that yeah. uh, Michael B. Jordan's character in the movie? Yes. Yeah. Ah, okay, cool. Follow me. Sorry, I'm learning. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so he he actually defeats T'Challa at one point, and he becomes the Black Panther. Uh, and then when when he's getting ready to go through trials and everything, he goes to trials and he, and he gets the herb and everything, and he uh, he can't handle it. So. Uh, yeah, it's and, and, and Panther uh, or T'Challa actually, he warned him like up to that point he was warning him, so he kind of knew that he wasn't going to be able to handle it for whatever reason. Um, so so yeah, it's it's definitely everything about it about gaining the title is a test. So like I guess when it comes to the herb, is it kind of like a way to like make it like a balanced test? Like you don't you you have to do more than just defeat people. Like right. you actually have to like have a mental side too. Right, right. Uh mental well, and biological. <laughs> oh, yeah, and biological. You have to, you have to be able to <laughs> Yeah, you gotta be able to... why it's hereditary, right? Because I would assume that if it's an herb only some people can eat, then Oh yeah, oh I, yeah, I forgot about that too. It's okay, so it's attached to uh the line of what's uh starts with a B. Starts with a B. Uh b- b- the Bastard. something. No, not Bast. Uh, I just read the notes. Bast- I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna take a guess." <laughs> <laughs> no, not Bast. Uh, but it's 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 a really obscure name. But it's it's one of the old uh, bloodlines that the Panther comes down from. So it's attached to that bloodline. Okay. Uh, so, oh, in fact, now that I think about it, I think that's how I, he knew that Killmonger wasn't gonna be able to handle the. Uh, herb. So he, yeah, he, so I, so I think now, now I'm thinking about it. You know, kind of backtracking a little bit in hindsight. <laughs> I always remember like little details, like oh yeah, that's why that happened. So yeah, uh, that's why uh, T'Challa was kind of like oh he he knew he wasn't going to be able to handle the herb, uh, or it's, or it's less likely that you'll be able to handle the herb. Yeah. So are we talking like a Spider-Man multiplier on his strength? So like the was it, like eight times his body oh, or something? No, or Spider-Man's is it... way stronger than Panther. No, <laughs> <laughs> I guess like because I know I know he's a lot. I know he's a lot weaker than Spider-Man, like like strength-wise. But like, do you, if you had to guess on like what that multiplier is, closer like to Captain how, America. Okay, so like, yeah. is like how how superhuman is Black Panther? Yeah, I think he's closer to Captain America. Maybe a little stronger. It's debatable. Uh, <laughs> Cap Cap's strength is the, is everywhere differently. Um, you know, I mean, he, I mean, he, it's it's been portrayed differently. Now, now, Pan- here's another thing about Panther. Even though his strength is up there. Um, you rarely ever see his strength used in that way because it's not really his style of fighting. You know what I mean? So it's usually I, all agility based or outthinking. Right. right. I mean, but then again, he does climb buildings, you know, holding dudes by their hair. So <laughs> <laughs> that's agility and strength, Ritz. So right. we're talking about his enhanced strength and agility. And I guess the question is does his suit play any part of enhancement as well? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I assumed it did, but I was just wondering, like, how much is, like, the suit versus how much of his actual strength? Oh, his, his suit is... Oh, no. Oh, okay, okay. No, no, no. As far as his powers, no. Uh, okay. Like, his strength, no. The suit doesn't play into that. Like, Iron Man, you know, uses right. uh, a musculature uh, 
uh, technology to increase his strength times however strong he is. Right. Uh, T'Challa is just raw strength wise. The suit is durability for him. Uh, it's made out of a a woven vibranium, right? Right, right. Right. Yeah. So like moving on to Bast, the Panther God. Let's talk about a little bit about that. Yeah, so Bass Bath God, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be blessed by baths to be uh, to be worthy of anything in Wakanda. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, so at some point during the uh, the Hick, uh, I believe it's Hickman Hick, ah, ah, Hickman's Avenger run, uh, Panther was going through a lot of stuff. It's a, it's a it's a really long story. He was going through a crap load of stuff before the incursions and stuff started happening. And uh, he ended up getting blessed by Bass, and he became uh, the king of the dead. So he kind of he when he became uh, or the king of Necrop- uh, Necropolis. So it, it gave him another set of powers. He has limited control over the dead, kind of. Uh, but he can. Uh, the, the the major thing is that he can convene with the minds of the past Panther gods, which is a really big deal. He can convene with their spirits, so he can, uh, you know refers to them about things in Panther history or down the Panther lineage. Personally, I, I honestly, I don't, I think with, with the blessing of Bass, I think he like, that's the main thing he gains. Like, as far as like, if you're going to put it in writing, but I think he also gains like, like kind of like ambiguous uh, powers. You know what I mean? Like, like things that can be expanded upon uh, in writing, you know, if somebody were to take it, they could, they could take it a step, take it a step further, probably say, well, he could also do this, or he has an attenuity for this or whatever. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's a little bit, I think, I think they can expand a lot on that because it, it gets kind of into a magical-esque realm. Yeah. Um, so I think like going off of like Bast and like the existence of like I guess like Wakandan lore and religion, like one of like when it comes to his introduction into the MCU, he's introduced in Civil War, um, which is probably for me like one of the best Marvel films. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's introduced when during um, talking about the Sokovia Accords, um, his father is killed by who we think is the Winter Soldier. And I wanted to bring up like his immediate introduction because I think they did a really good job of making him a human character beyond just a man in a panther suit. Because when he's sitting and he's talking about his his dad, he's he kind of gives you a little glimpse into how people see death in Wakanda. And for me, it gives people a glimpse into like that society because he talks about how like in Wakanda in Wakanda it like death isn't mourned like it is just a natural thing and they see them as happy but that's not how he sees it right now and like that was something that really resonated like given how like a lot of like mexican traditions see death and so when they introduce like introducing him on that note i thought was a really strong introduction to the character as a whole like he wasn't it, it wasn't just the suit Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I thought was really great. I don't know what you guys think about that introduction. It's a lot of nuance in that movie, like a lot of little, little, little nods, you know, <laughs> <laughs> little character insights. It was very well written. I just thought it was pretty good, considering that was not all the story I knew of his dad's death. Oh, so yeah. I thought for the way they did it, at least made sense and seemed plausible, and like they did it pretty well. It wasn't Tony Stark making Ultron. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and beyond that, too, um, the MCU has been dropping hints about Black Panther or just the existence of Wakanda um, multiple times throughout throughout the existence throughout, throughout the movie. It's the the movies um, within that umbrella. Um, so I was I don't know how you guys were when you saw him come on screen, like in the suit. Because I was excited when I saw him in that moment and rewatching it, I think it, it's a really powerful introduction, a really powerful scene. But like I was like I think I was like hitting your arm really hard, Matt. Um, <laughs> when we watched that because I was just well, freaking out. What you do that? When do you ever do that to Matt I, in the I movies? No, I never do that. <laughs> I basically movies. ignore it. It's kinda like the potassium chlorine <laughs> or sodium <laughs> panels. It just gets ignored after a while. But the reason it was awesome is because he pretty much just shows up to like wreck shop and run alongside cars and and Cap is just completely blown away that there's this random person <laughs> keeping up with him. And Chris Evans does such a great job of being being confused in those action scenes because oh, he doesn't understand yeah. any of it. <laughs> And then he removes his helmet, and it was just like, ah! Everything dealing with Black Panther and Wakanda and the small uh, dosage that they gave us in that movie was, like, I, I was scrutinizing, okay? Like, when I when I, I said, I said, okay, I know T'Challa's going to be in this movie. And I was like, if they even make him look remotely, like, lesser than he should be, I'm going to be mad. And they didn't. Like I was really, really impressed when he showed up the first time outside of his suit, when he when he jumps down from that that stair that stairwell mm-hmm. or whatever it was, I was like, oh, fall? it's about to yeah, <laughs> it's about <laughs> to go down. He just does a slow rise, you know what I mean? Uh, and when he's fighting in the in the tunnel, the car chase scene, like you were just talking about, that was excellent. Um, he get- in the back seat when he's uh, talking shit. He's like, how long <laughs> do you think you're going to keep your friends safe? I was like, oh. <laughs> Um, all the way to all cat. the way to the to the door, Malaje, because uh, yes, when she steps to uh, Black Widow, Black oh. Widow was so Black Widow was used to being like that chick. You know what I mean? She's yeah. used to being the one. So when she stepped up, like I like the the whole tension of the situation is like like in the back of my head, I'm thinking like. Man, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> like, like, please, <laughs> like, you don't even know. <laughs> uh, and you, you can just see the power just in the resolute expression in her face, uh, the, the, the drama lightest face. Uh, and it's it, it, everything about it was excellent, all the way to to my favorite line in the whole freaking movie I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about how they did them was perfect, so that's why I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about the about the film because they already they already got them. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where I bring in um, what Matt and Adrian um, push me on all the time is the fact that I loved him in that movie because I don't feel like he lost anything in that movie, like he won all his battles one on ones with people. Mm-hmm. They weren't that's ready. Really it, it, that's how it should have been. Because... Have shot his ass. He was not ready, uh, and that should not have gone through vibranium, Adrian. Bullets bounced off of it. She wrecked his ass. She shot him with something. (laughs) She, he got wrecked. He lost that one. Yo, don't tase me, bro, and he lost. No. (laughs) Don't tase me, bro. (laughs) That was what I really liked about the movie. Huh? 
Black Widow, right? Okay. Yeah. See, and to me, that, that kind of makes sense because, I mean, again, like, and maybe this is just me rationalizing things because I, I rationalize everything to make them make sense in any of these movies. It doesn't matter what they are. Like, <laughs> I, I, I try to rationalize, even if I know it doesn't make sense, I try to rationalize it to make sense. So in my mind, it's like, okay, so he's got this advanced technology. Of course, his suit would probably be anti whatever a normal shock is. But then you got to think about this is Black Widow. Uh, she's known for her widow's bite. You know what I mean? The widow's thing. So, it, you know, like caught off guard technology you've never seen before. Maybe it works. You know. And you were definitely reaching. Like he got flying I, cars. I'm just, I'm just giving Kate a hard time. Like he obviously, <laughs> like if they fought one on one, obviously, like he would kill her. But like in that moment, <laughs> that's like funny. the weakest he's looked in the entire movie is when Black Widow of all people shot him with a. The widow's bite. Well, but I, but I will say this: as much as like that moment has to happen for the movie to go the way it does, but mm. I'm happy that it happens when he's caught off guard and like that because it's not like he's not losing in physical combat where he's out thinking people. Because, mm. like I said, you don't get on Black Panther's team until he beats the crap out of you, and then right. and a lot of that honestly is due to my love of the priest run because I see Black Panther as infallible and like perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it comes to fighting, right, right. His his stuff. Another thing, in addition to him knowing all these different kinds of martial arts, other people don't know his martial arts because they don't know Wakanda yeah. at all. So they don't they don't they wouldn't have knowledge of his combat style at all. So it doesn't make sense for Cap to be able to just uh, oh well not, let me let me fight you down here. Like Cap in a first combat situation with T'Challa should be kind of on the defensive. I'm not saying he should get beat instantly. I, I just mean he should be kind of on the defensive. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he like he can't, he doesn't really know what's coming at him. And, that, and that's that, I mean and I think that the movie did it well. Like he really yeah. didn't know how to he handle was, this guy who was running through a tunnel. How long <laughs> is this guy running as fast as I am? I've had to jump on a car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about pretty much the broad overview of the character. Obviously, this is only an hour long show, so we can't fit everything in. Um, but we have to get to the but why those um, because that's what the show is called. <laughs> um, I thought it was Kate rambling about certain things. Also true, but I haven't brought up Poe this episode. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the very first but why though in why Black Panther matters, it has to be the first is because he's the first African superhero and the first moment for Black representation in the world of mainstream comics. And he paves the way for Luke Cage Falcon. And um, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Gritz, but the first Black character in DC was Jon Stewart in 71 because Black Lightning doesn't come up till 77. Uh, I think that's, I think that's correct, but I'm not hundred percent. So don't quote me on that. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter just at me if I'm wrong. I get it. But, uh, but yeah, so he paves the way for everybody else. Um, and it, it should be fair to say that Black Panther comes around in 66, and it's not until 71 that DC actually puts out a Black hero. And it's not until 77 where they put out um, somebody who is by himself something and not a part of something else. Mm -hmm. Um there are still problems with this. this isn't a Black Lightning podcast. This is a Black Panther podcast. So we're talking about him. Um, and this is really important because there were virtually no Black heroes. And the ones that were in pulp comics, they didn't have powers. 
Um, so there were existence. It, there was a run. There was a, spe a spe specific run of comic books in 1947 called All Negro Comics, and then from Atlas, who was Marvel before Marvel. There was a run as well. And then I believe the first black character in a comic was actually Lobo from Dell Comics. Um, so there were black characters out there. Um, but if you're looking in mainstream, the only other non-caricatured -caric black supporting character was Gabriel Jones, who's a member of the Helen Commandos. Um, so Black Panther pretty much revolutionizes the space and gives that representation that um, that the Black community didn't have. Um, in Black Panther Jungle Action Series, which I believe this is also Marvel's first graphic novel, if I'm correct? I'm not 100%. Not 100%? <laughs> I mean, you're going back in history. Like. <laughs> you must be the old guy. You got to tell us all this. <laughs> um, so in this, even though Black Panther T'Challa is the king of an African nation, once he's moved to New York and is with the Avengers, and he he deals with problems that we're facing in the Black community, and particularly in this series in 1976, he fights the the um, he fights the Klan. He and it was it's pretty much known as Panther versus the Klan. That's the the run. Um, I'll include some uh, a scan of this in the show notes because it's just it's really powerful, um, but it's also kind of triggering. Are really triggering. There is iconography of uh, Black Black Panther T'Challa has to overcome being tied to a cross, and it, it gets really deep. Um, and this was really hard for Marvel to publish because up to this point, Marvel has already tried to change Black Panther's name to distance him from the Black Panther Party, which comes after the after his creation of Marvel happens. So. The fact that this got published is something I'm really I'm really astounded by because it's not these guys may be Klansmen. It's there is a still of Black Panther swinging in and disrupting a clan meet a, a clan like meeting and beating the crap out of them. Like it was very explicit and it hit those things. Mm. Um and he also fought apartheid in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> like he was he was used to deal with these issues head on and this is one of those reasons and why i take issue with people calling this current era of marvel sjw marvel and i'm not talking about diversity representation like we're going to leave that out of the conversation because that's its own conversation but specifically when people use that nomenclature for marvel in response for people putting politics into comics for me, it's like they've never read Marvel. <laughs> so I guess the question years. I have is that is that two different things? Like what do you mean? Like politics and Marvel versus, I guess, as you call it, the social justice warrior Marvel. I think that they're considered the same things because the same people... I've always looked at them two different things. Well, so no, so the same like the same people who yell I can't, you know, I, I hate social uh, social uh, SJW Marvel get these SJW characters out. They're also the same people who complain when Marvel puts politics in their comics because they don't want politics in their comics. They're, they're, that, saying, they're, saying, that the, they're saying that the politics are SJW. These are SJW yeah. politics. Like you're pushing an agenda by putting this in here. Yeah, we got a lot of dumb people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we do. Oh, yeah. I, I just always thought of those two different, like, actual things. And so that's why when you lumped them together, I was like, is this actually the same thing? But I guess yeah. if people are stupid enough, they will just combine everything, apparently. But yes. 
Okay. Yes. You mean I can't have actual real world problems in my comic books that are set in like real world? Is that yeah. bad? That's a bad <laughs> thing. Oh. Well, now I know. It's, it's, I mean, it's it's bad if there's uh, all, all these new black characters and you know women. That makes it bad, according to those guys. <laughs> and it makes it bad if if any of the series deals with anything. That yeah. but I thought Captain America. Captain America punching Nazis was cool. <laughs> we just want to read a good story. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, is actually when you look up a lot of like the Nazi punching Cap. Black Panther beating the crap out of Klansmen will also pop up. Mm-hmm. And it it's almost there is one where he is punching a Klansman and it is it looks a lot like that that Nazi punching cap. And it, it's really it's really awesome to see that parallel, um, which they've done in other things as well. But I also think too, like this where the X-Men when it was created, it was, you know, Stanley was very aware that he wanted to do this to reflect the civil rights movement, but he also didn't have black characters in that until, you know, for a while. Um, so this is the first time you actually see these things getting tackled overtly. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really important. Got some deep but why those today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some good history oh. there. <laughs> That's what I love. <laughs> okay, so the other one, um, and this is one that I hadn't really thought about before, um, but there's been a lot of conversation about it uh, on Twitter and there's as well, and it's this idea of the African diaspora um, or the diaspora in general. And for those of you who don't know, the concept of, dias- of diaspora is people who have for- who have been forced to leave their homeland and can never return for whatever reason. Um, it was initially used to refer to the Jewish diaspora of being pushed out of their state and never being able to return, and then um, in, biblically, and then it was then attributed to uh, African diaspora and the Asian diaspora, um, which have people um, leaving for various reasons. Specifically with the African diaspora, it talks about um, the connection that um, the Black community in America does not have to their heritage because they were ripped from it. Um, And then it also has now been expanded to include people who have emigrated um, from countries in Africa to the U.S. and and cannot return. So this idea of living in diaspora is something that is um, really talked about by people like Stuart Hall and stuff in media studies, as well as cultural studies. Um, and it is highly reflective in a lot of materials that are out. Um, specifically in Black Panther, it's it's used to address Eric Killmonger, um, which Ritz mentioned earlier. And Killmonger is native of Wakanda, and he was bund, he was he was born under the name Najataka. Um, and then Ulysses S. Call, uh, Ulysses Claw and his mercenaries attacked Wakanda. They um, they uh, press ganged Najataka's father into helping into helping them. And when Claw was defeated, the father died and his family was exiled. So he was forced out of Wakanda. And Najataka ended up in Harlem, New York, nursing a hatred against the supervillain and T'Challa, the king who exiled him. And he changed his name to Eric Killmonger, something that you also see happen in diasporic communities where they do change their, or in, in, in immigrant communities as a whole, who change their name to fit into the larger base. Um, 
and he ended up study, studying at MIT um, in, in like fueled with this rage to avenge his father. Um, currently, the way the African Union dis, um, explains diaspora are people of African origin living outside the content, irrespective of their citizenship and nationality, and who are willing to contribute to the development of the continent and building the African Union. And this is something that is specific just to an African context, and it's what has been decided by a body, not necessarily how um, people living in the diaspora coin it themselves. Um, but yeah, so Eric Killmonger, specifically with his role in Black Panther, the movie coming out, um, there's been a renewed focus and talk about what it represents for people living in the diaspora. That's why it's but why, though. <laughs> School is in session today. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna learn today. <laughs> My degree's coming in handy for something. <laughs> uh, that's 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 some good stuff. So yeah, Killmonger, Killmonger is kind of the one of the big bads, one of one of Black Panther's big bads as far as um, you know, just a, especially a, a, a native Wakandan that he that he can't handle. You know, he's like you always see Panther as kind of like seemingly unbeatable, but uh. And he's never beat this guy, you know. And uh, there's, there's a there's a funny line when um, you meet Casper Cole later on. Casper's talking to Killmonger, and uh, Casper's like, you know, y'all. Casper's from, you know, he's from the states. You know, he's straight up just a dude from New York. And he's he's telling he's telling Killmonger, he's like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm a beat you, and I'm a and I'm a I'm a take that mantle because you know Killmonger still has the mantle technically at this point, and. Uh, Killmonger just kind of laughs and he sits down because you know during the during the duel for the mantle you can take breaks whenever you want. Casper kind of jokingly asks for a break and he goes, oh, "Okay." So he sits down and he like, hands him a snapple, and he, <laughs> and he tells him he tells him basically, uh, he's like, "Dude, you think you're gonna beat me? Uh, but I'm I'm the one dude that Black Panther has never beat, and you can't even touch that guy." <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's like, uh, "So let's talk this out." <laughs> And it's just a, it's just a real cool situation. You kind of, you kind of get the sense of how, you know, how serious uh, Killmonger is. Yeah. Which um, also, I will have to say, um, I, I one of the things, and and I think this can go into another, but why though, and and specifically under. Um, I guess this this broader category representation is the representation of Wakandans are they are all geniuses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Killmonger has a degree from MIT. Um, T'Challa, fun fact, has a PhD in physics from Oxford University. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that type of, rep uh, like, positive representation and reinforcing um, the intelligence of characters who, in a medium where a lot of the time they are, a lot of the times, like, does not let people of color be represented in that way, especially at the time that a lot of this is being written. Um, yeah. It's it's actually pretty ballsy of Marvel if you think about it. Like we don't think about it now, but back then, like fun fact, uh, Miss Marvel, her best friend. Uh, wow, his name is slipping my mind. I have bad memory. All right, anyways, her best friend. Uh, he goes to chill in uh, Wakanda because he's so smart that he leaves the States and he goes to Wakanda to go to school with them. Um, you find out in a later issue that he's over there struggling 
in the class <laughs> with the rest of the Wakanda students. <laughs> He's like the lowest in the class. <laughs> He's hanging in there barely. <laughs> but no, Bruno, like, that's his name. Bruno. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have not read that far. Thanks, Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> no, I only buy trade. It's my fault. <laughs> nah. When I was a kid, I thought it was possible because of the Sahara Desert and how large it is and the lack of things that it's possible that Wakanda does exist in Northern Africa, only because if you think of the poss- the concept of DC in the Gorilla City and they just had the technology to actually have it cloaked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because really, you really can't, once you got to the Sahara Desert, like tracking wise and finding everything nothing else, really there's works. nothing out there. This is true. Wakanda is real, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Matt has spoken it into existence. Actually, it, it would be really, it'd be really awesome if Wakanda was real. <laughs> um, so beyond this, we have to look at writing and we have to look at the fact that um, Black Panther is shown as being probably, at least from my understanding, Ritz, again, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> um, specifically Christopher Priest's writing of him being some of the best in Marvel. Um, have you had a favorite writer? Oh, him? yeah. That's probably Priest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for reasons. However, um, you know, the more, when you after you get over the initial wow of something and, and the more you read it, uh, you start to kind of analyze it a little bit more and then, you, and then you compare it to you compare it to other things and you know and then you like when, I, when i'm reading the current coats run um you know my initial thought was that's oh, a little slow the pacing's a little off um it's beautiful writing but uh man i missed that pre-stuff you know what i mean but then like after rereading both of these several times of course i've read priests more because it's older but um <laughs> But uh, reading both of them several times because because I've I've read Coates Run over again up to the point where it's at right now at least twice, so um you, you start to see kind of where the writer's head is at um when they're in the, in the way they're thinking about these characters you know or this character yeah and and I think like speaking on Coates um when he was tapped as the writer for Black Panther everybody and i'm like i'm I'm only speaking like not even like addressing the side of like comic book readers but just like from academia oh yeah everybody, everybody lost their shit yeah like, they were so excited because tana hesse coates um is he he's he wrote um between the world and me which is really really credited as being like a like one a powerful novel and two tony morrison called it filling in the intellectual gap between james baldwin and now giant <laughs> <just> words <laughs> i don't know that i've read anything uh of it was like like poetry but it wasn't poetry but it was like poetry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I read anything that uh, it's it's hard to describe it, but it's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So for if you if you don't know um, what Between the World and Me is, it is a a book that is written in the style of um, uh, James Baldwin's 1963's The Fire Next Time, in which that is two letters 
um, mm-hmm. put it bound into one. And this is written as a letter um, from Coates to his teenage sons, uh, uh, to his teenage son, about feeling symbolism and the realities associated with being black in the U.S. Um, and it was really, really critically acclaimed. And having him jump into the seat of one of the most well-known, if not the most well-known black character in comic books was just really like amazing. And the fact that you have a, a scholar pretty much jumping into that, mm-hmm. into that, into that seat um, was he's exciting. A, he's a, he has a passion for knowledge. Like even in, even in um that in, in between the world and me, he's talking about uh, he, he, well, the, the, the metaphor that he uses throughout the book, are black bodies. He talks about yeah. black bodies. He says, he, he says, you know, um, you know, this is what this, when people see me, they, they look at my black body and they think this way. And then they, 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 they come and they bring harm to my, to my black body. And, you know, and when, and when he looks at women who look good, he's looking at their black bodies or he uses it in every context. Um, and he, he, he just drive home this point. And then he starts thinking about he starts thinking about, uh, you know, who are these other people outside of that? Who who's his history? And, and, he, and he talks about telling his son about how he literally just he had a hunger and went to the library and just started grabbing books and reading reading about these about about uh, people from well from uh, African American history and just straight up African history and whatnot. And it, it, it and the way he describes it as he's going throughout this book, it's like. It's poetry. It's, yeah. it's 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 incredible. And I also like misspoke. I should have characterized it as a novel because novel makes it seem like it's fiction. This is based, um, like mostly like an autobiography. Right, um, right. Yeah, it, it's it's some good stuff. Uh, he brings that. <laughs> he brings some of that poetic writing to to uh, Black Panther too, um, which is, I mean, partially why so many people were probably happy to hear he was on the run before he came out. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings you to the ultimate debate: Coates or Priest? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so. I'm, I'm gonna say right now, most people are gonna straight up say Priest. Uh, but then, I mean, but then, it, well, it, I guess it depends on who your audience is. I mean, there's some people who hasn't who haven't read Priest yet, or who read Coates first and heard about Priest and went back and like Coates more. Um, you know, there's some people who are just more predisposed to him. I it's it's a really difficult discussion. I've heard some people say they straight up hate Coates Run, like just straight up, like oh it's bad. And I I can never agree with that. I can never I can, I can agree with there's a lot of issues and there's you know things that I think can be done better pacing etc. Um, but some people are they just say that it's bad and I can't. I'm like it, it's not bad. There there's might be things you don't like about it, but it's not bad. Um, <laughs> When I really think about the difference between the two, so so Priest's Black Panther, his popularity comes from the fact that this is the guy that we like. We this is the guy we want. He's like this stoic. He's uh, ideal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's 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 like he's he's stoic. He's methodical. He's through two, three, four steps above everybody or ahead of everybody. King of the world. Uh, you know, like. He's so like his 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 mind state is so fertile that even the narrative knows it. Like in in, in the priest run, because yeah. if you look at it, it's it's narrated by a white guy named Ross, <laughs> 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 which is an excellent take. 
Ross narrates from a perspective that we can understand and it almost as if we can't understand the way that Panther's mind works. Like he's like an enigma. You know what I mean? Um, like women love him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's supposed to be he's like, like extra suave, extra dapper all the time. You know, so he's got the bald hair and, you know, the goatee and stuff, you know, and uh, it's, it's really driven home in his narrative. And uh, he punch, he's like punching the devil in the face, fighting Iron Fist, declaring war in America, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like he literally does all these things in his, in his book. And, uh, even though, and even though his country at home, the Wakanda is unstable, he doesn't have any re- reservations about how to balance it. Like, regardless of how tenuous the po- politics and the uh, economics are, there, he do- he doesn't feel strained balancing it. So, people who are old school readers might be used to that. So, when you take that and you look at versus the Colts run, this is where people start to take issue. See, Colt's Panther is more human. He's like, T'Challa is like going through a, a midlife crisis. Yeah, this is like after the Doom War, after Namor, after Thanos. You know what I'm saying? He's like, what kind of actually got hurt? Like, this has never happened. Like, if you look at Hudlin's run, because we never mentioned Hudlin, but Hudlin was also the boss too. Like, that's where you get the, that's where you get the storm, that's where you get the storm uh, relationship from. You know yes. what I mean? <laughs> like, like Hudlin establishes that it's not just T'Challa, this like the big boss, but Wakanda itself, like all the way back from like 500 AD was the boss. <laughs> like, like back in the day, they had tech that nobody else had already. You know what I mean? People just, they weren't ready for it. So uh, when you get to Coach Run, it's like he's more vulnerable because of all this stuff he's been through. And he starts to question himself more. You see him visibly questioning himself. All right, he's still he's still is capable fighting wise, but his mind we can now see his mind now. We're seeing that uh, he's fighting between: oh, am I a king or am I am I a hero? How am I balancing? Where's this delicate balance between the two? You know what I mean? I want to be a benevolent man, but how benevolent are kings? How can you be a king and rule and be fair to everybody? You know what I mean? How can how can you how can you have a watchful eye of everybody? Is Monarchy really right? Is it time to cast away tradition? He's going like he's thinking about all of these different concepts and you see it we don't see it in priest run because he got it all on lock but we see <laughs> it here because he's showing a more vulnerable side he has conversations with Aurora uh and Ramon- ramonda uh shiri and wakanda's kind of like wakanda's always been kind of in a tenuous state but in this run we can see that he's actually struggling with how to deal with it he's getting hit with stuff from all these, from all the different sides, all these different angles, and he isn't exactly sure how to handle it. So that's the difference between like Coates run and like Priest run. Damn! All right, we're done. <laughs> Do this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, I mean, I guess I know Matt and Adrian you all you you two haven't you know read haven't read either runs you know where where do you think like just from like what Ritz has told us like where where do you all like fall in this uh the priest priestman sounds better to me it's <laughs> 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 way more interesting but i don't know that's just because y'all bias so you paint it a little bit more exciting but, <laughs> i mean he's doing like the, i'm not gonna lie the priest run He's doing back to back badass stuff the entire time. <laughs> like, yeah. like back to back. <laughs> yeah, he's throwing ice cream trucks into buildings. He's like raising 
like warships that are have been sitting in the Manhattan River, like <laughs> just sitting there, yeah. you know. <laughs> I like it. Give me that. <laughs> I'll take that one. Boy, honestly, I think it just depends on the mindset that you're in. Because obviously, I'm kind of like, yeah, you guys made the other one sound, or the priest run sound like so exciting. We're just doing backflips the entire time. Where's the other one? Like said, a midlife crisis. I mean, I don't even think people want to do face their own midlife crisis, let alone reading about it. Hey, I, I thought that Ritz talking about coats could convert some people because that, that was pretty I, passionate. No, I really think the coach run I find more interesting only because it does just deal with his mind in general and, like, I guess almost like a breaking, considering he, like, as we pointed out multiple times already, that he is one of the smartest pe- people in Marvel and that his his nation is, like, these super, super smart. And so if you are from this high intellect uh, civilization and, like, country and you're questioning your mind, that is, like, should be the last thing that should ever leave you. Yeah. Yeah. Go reread coach, guys. <laughs> like, I just feel like you're more trained in that civilization, or so, I say civilization, but it, you know, the, I guess, tribe or Wakanda. I just feel like the way you're basically training your body, they train their mind there. And I just, I just don't see that should be, that should be your ultimate weapon and your ultimate thing that holds on the longest. Yeah. That mm. makes sense. Yeah. Plus, I mean, damn, he survived the heart-shaped herb. Like, he survives that, but <laughs> but his mind struggling here. Like, you know, he's he's been through things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, things just different things affect you in a different way. I think it's very it's far more character focused. Uh, Coach yeah. one is it's far more character focused. It's also a more intellectual read. You know what I mean? You can like if you are just kind of mindlessly reading, you can. You'll miss a lot of stuff in Priest Run, but it's still enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like if you're just like reading, and not like really paying attention to it, you'll still see the cool pages with you know, with him fighting Iron Fist and stuff like that. But you know, but if you're really like, uh, Coates forces you to pay attention to what's going on to enjoy it. Yeah, I, I will say this: the first time I read through Volume One. I had to reread it, but it was because I felt like I didn't have a grasp on it because I was kind of distracted doing different things. Because I was like, oh, yeah. I, I know how most comics are written. I can do this and this. And I was like, oh, no. Coach wants me to pay attention the entire time. So. A lot of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, moving on, we have to at least preface um, or, I guess, lightly touch on the Black Panther movie because... It might break a billion dollars. Oh, might. <laughs> <laughs> That's a done deal. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been listening to Matt talk about like the numbers behind this and stuff. Like, do you want to go into that? Oh, I just think I just been saying I think it's really had. I thought it had a legitimate chance almost at the beginning of January or so that it had a chance to break a billion, and then I've been basically sold on this since probably about like January tenth, if not way before that, mm-hmm. that it was going to break a billion. Yeah, and I still think it will. So questions here. Does everybody here have their tickets? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. Thursday. And my Alma Draft House pint glass. And my so Alma Draft House will... yep. Yeah. Adrian, do you think it'll break a billion? Um, I hope so. I mean, I, I wouldn't want it not to. <laughs> well, but... I'm not saying do you not <laughs> you don't rooting against it. I was asking if you think it actually will. 
I don't know. It'll be close. It'd be, it'd be crazy if it does. Um, it, it, it's definitely going to. I'm <laughs> 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 right here. I, I don't I know. Totally People thought it. that Last Jedi was going to be the best thing in the world, and then it was... <laughs> It didn't have the rewatchability that people this. people thought it had, and that's that's what it comes down to. Like 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 I told Matt um, before when we were talking about this, like it'll break a billion if it has like that rewatchability factor where people go back and see it four or five six times. Uh, yeah, and like like I, I I told Matt like it's it has to have like some major flaws for it not to break a billion. I don't yeah. think it will, but. You know, crazier things have happened. I haven't seen the movie yet, so who knows? I've only seen like one trailer, so who knows? I just want to see Wakanda already. God damn it! I will say. I this. hope it does. I, I know, like after that first trailer dropped, I know Matt and I were just kind of like, "Holy crap, this is this is gonna be something." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the fighting in that first trailer is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, yeah, because so, I mean, all these movies have like, those big, huge, you know, opening weekends. Like they all do. Like this is going to have a crazy opening weekend. It's like that four or five week mark that, that yeah. I, I hope people keep going okay. back to see it. So you're talking about more of like it needs longevity. No, it all, can't be yeah. the steep drop off. Well, yeah, all exactly. billion dollar things have to have uh, longevity. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Because opening weekend, especially nowadays and everything else, is almost irrelevant. Yeah, because yeah. like Last Jedi had a huge opening weekend, and then it had like a sixty percent drop off by like week three. So we'll see. But that was, there was a lot of scrutinization and controversy on it. And then people, 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 don't, people don't scrutinize Marvel movies as much as Star Wars. I don't think. I don't yeah. know. I think people scrutinize the hell out of it. I don't know. People hated Age of Ultron. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just I hope that if it is flawed, which I really hope it's not. I hope it's like I hope it gives me the same feels that Civil War did. Because I walked into Civil War like wanting to go like revolving door right back into the theater right. and see. Then we just I want this to be like if it. But if it is flawed, if it's like Iron Man three. Like really, really hyped. Oh, it, I don't. Yeah, it's really hard. It would be really hard for it to go be that bad. I don't want to watch the we'll say, right, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Spider Man Homecoming or like Guardians of the Galaxy, like where there's like obvious flaws to it. And if we don't talk about the flaws, and this turns into like a last Jedi thing, I'm gonna be super upset. So <laughs> I'm hoping it's flawless. But if it does have flaws, I hope we talk about them and you know do you better next want? time. I think people hate us just because we look at flaws at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're oh, you're muted. Oh. I hope it's real. I hope it. I hope it really is perfect. But you know, yeah. I, I think Twitter one of the to, to be honest with itself, if it's has you know some problems, if if any at all. I really feel like the last Jedi has hurt you. It really has. It really has. His face right now. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd see Adrian almost cry. I almost I cried in Civil War. Hopefully, I cry in this one too. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, we have for Black Panther. It 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 it's pretty much on track. Like from just the pre-sales alone, it is smashing numbers. And then on top of that, too, you have an all-star cast. Like pretty much some of the biggest names are in there, and perfectly cast, in my opinion, especially Angela Bassett. Yeah, and they set it up so well. That's what I'm saying. Like something like really, really bad has to happen for this movie not to just crush everything. Yeah, like something really, really bad. Yeah, and not to mention like even the Infinity War trailer at this point is even helping this movie. Yeah, 
there's so much Wakanda in that trailer. That's what I'm saying. Even the trailer of a movie that's coming four out. In Wakanda. Because I had some people. Some people are like, "Oh, they just released us. They're they should have waited until after Black Panther, you know, was out, so they didn't pull anything from it." I'm like, half that damn trailer is Wakanda. Did we watch the same thing? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like, damn, like Bucky and Cap are standing in the back behind all the Wakandan soldiers. Um, but yeah, so we're not going to go too much into the movie, too much of talking about it, because I know Adrian has tried to stay as mostly a clean slate as he can, um, trailer-wise. Yeah, you that. Thanks. Appreciate it. Oh. Love y'all. Oh. Girl, you thought Iron <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know Bucky. Bucky. I didn't know Bucky was out of the thing and with Quanda's shoulders. Now, God, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> now now I want to go watch Black Panther even more now. <laughs> oh, they're gonna freeze Bucky back up. They're gonna let him out for just a second so I can have a talk. All right, back in you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one for you, one for you, not you. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so excited. I, I think the characters. I think the character is dope, and I'm excited to see like focus on him because like the scenes that he's just in in Black Panther, he steals screen time. Uh, Wait, and you mean Civil War? Yeah, Civil War. Like he, she steals the screen time in Civil War. Like any scene he's in is amazing. And he's like, you know, as a warrior and a king, how long do you think you're going to keep him from me? I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, he's badass. He's badass. Yeah, I, I love it. That characterization is so spot on. Like, it's so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I also think like as much as um, because this, you know, th- this movie is pretty much an all black cast with all black creatives behind it from sound to cinematography to costuming to directing and writing like this this is a movie that is also like hyped because of this but on top of that you have such a great current like you've such a great introduction in infinity in in civil war to know that they're gonna crush t'challa like they're gonna make this character like what he should be and i'm so excited i'm just gonna say that ava duvernay uh slightly maybe have slightly influenced co-wrote uh, the movie only because she was sitting across uh i know <laughs> she was sitting in across time? for ryan when they were both writing like I don't understand how two people of that caliber can sit in the same room and write different things across from each other. Like, yeah. how do you focus? How do you how do you do that? <laughs> I think it'd actually be pretty easy, honestly. I think it actually. <laughs> I, oh. I think I'd be sitting there wondering how great what the other person is writing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know. I feel like that would be. I enjoy, I guess, when I when I think if I can have something to bounce off that's even completely irrelevant, right. like that's from a totally different thing, it helps because you're thinking of something totally different that helps you. I guess it's probably not even going to make sense per se, but it does in my head. <laughs> but <laughs> it's going to make me think of something completely different. Like if I'm thinking of apples, it's going to make me think of basically oranges and how can I do with oranges to make oranges into like apples. So it pushes you. That's exactly how the writing process works. And like speaking from experience, like when you're on your own by yourself, you can sit there for hours and be like in a black hole. And then you go talk to one person and they say blue and you go, Oh snap. (laughs) Like blue. Whoa. I mean, I can't write to save my life, but I feel like in the <laughs> process of doing pretty much anything else, it totally. It's like it's it's in my head, Canon, that uh, you know, on a on a you know a quick break, you know, a stretch break, you know, 
he might have asked her a question like, hey, so what do you think about this right here? I had been, and she just walked over while he was on a break, picked up the script and added some stuff into it and then walked away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so this this is going to be a great movie. Um, We will be doing a review when this comes out. Um, and you can look for that. Brits, you are more than welcome to come back and join us for another review. <laughs> I likely will, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so now the last but why though? Because I have to ask this. You have a whole podcast on Black Panther. So one, tell everybody its name. Uh, and, Wakanda for life. Okay. And then now, why? But why uh, though? <laughs> Because uh, there's not really a Black Panther focused podcast. I mean, there's there's like been podcasts like they talk about Black Panther here and there, you know what I mean, or like episodes dedicated to Black Panther. But it's not like a podcast that's just dedicated to Black Panther. So Sister Geek and I were like, okay, when we were really thinking about how we wanted to structure it. We say, you know, we need to really go through this history and let people know what's going on. I mean, some people hear the name Priest. Like, Christopher Priest is a pretty well-known name out there now. Like, oh, Priest, 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 Priest. But it's like, what's really between those pages? You know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes I hear a a, a name of a run of some writer who I haven't read before, you know, um, that's big. uh, And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, the, you know, the the Jeff Johns run of whatever. You know, oh, but I didn't read this particular one. I know it's good because everybody says it's good, or at least I assume it is. But what's really there? What really makes it good? So that's why we talk about it so people can really get that insight and maybe like want to go check this stuff out. Awesome. And I, I can vouch for him. It, it, it's a good podcast. I like it. <laughs> Do you I think made... you'll ever run out of material? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's not like it's not like as extensive as like you know it's not like we're doing an X Men podcast where like it's it's never ending it's not like that. However, there is no there's always going to be new material to talk about. Like we're we're still just talking about the first parts of the breach run. You know what I mean? Uh, like we got we got ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I didn't know how far into I guess the entire runs you were in. So that's why I was wondering. Yeah, you got a ways to go. So. This wouldn't be, but why though? If we didn't have fun facts. So, <laughs> um, T'Challa actually created a new scientific field called shadow physics, <laughs> which is a combination between alchemy and science. Isn't that sorcery? Shh. It's shadow physics. That's sorcery. It's the science behind sorcery. Would you say it is black magic? <laughs> sorcery. Black science. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he also deduced Daredevil's true identity. So there, <laughs> there is a scene where T'Challa takes off his mask, and he's like, "I know who you are," because <laughs> he just, he just like he like Matt Murdock did not willingly, willingly give him his identity. T'Challa just guessed that, yeah. like Sherlock Holmes guessed it. <laughs> Got it right. <laughs> like it was nothing too. It was pretty like, oh yeah, duh. Like, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen this obviously scene or anything, but I feel like even in the new Daredevil, he does a pretty good job of like he's gonna let everybody know that who he is. <laughs> and so I don't know how that. Okay, he's not wrong there. He probably he probably knows who he is. He hasn't even met him in, in the MCU. <laughs> this also led to uh, Black Panther being Daredevil for a while. 
Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. I'm down. <laughs> I want that. Give me that one. Yeah. <laughs> like Daredevil 500 in, I'm guessing, off the top of my head, 508 maybe. Something like that. <laughs> That's a good fun fact. To 12. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look it up again later. <laughs> um, he also designed the Avengers Quinjet. That's false. I saw it in the MCU. It never happened. Oh my god! <laughs> Trust me. When, when, when you watch Black Panther, they're gonna address that. <laughs> Stark stole that. <laughs> and Hank Pym had nothing to do with Ultron. Earth one nine 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 nine. Um. Also. Shuri, his sister, is actually given the mantle of Black Panther while he's recovering from, like, the brink of death. Um, and so she has to run as Black Panther for a little while. I feel like there's an animated episode where that actually shows that. Huh. I could be completely wrong, but I feel like I've seen it. <laughs> Which part of me totally wants her. Like, we know there are two Black Panther suits. I hope that I hope she, like, picks something up and, like, runs around in Infinity War in a Black Panther suit. I'm wondering... I'm hoping. <laughs> I want that so much, but her like hand cannons are. He's got he's got so. Black Panther suits like Tony Stark. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's true. Like that that's true. how Casper Cole got his. Like this guy, he left it over his boy's house, <laughs> picked up his. Suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh. So yeah. So now that we are done with that, we have to go into the fan. But why those? And this is a. Um, the majority of these people in these fan, but why those are actually members of the Do You Even Comic Book family. Hey. So make sure you check out the <laughs> hashtag on Twitter and follow everybody. Some amazing comic talk. And I'm very happy I found this part of the little interwebs, personally. <laughs> so uh, from at Joe Fru, the winner of our little question contest, or not contest, but like our question entries. Yes. Um, he says Black Panther matters to me because this recent run is among this recent run is among the best comics I've ever read. Coates's writing and pacing are superb. Ooh, hot take. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is from so at Sakura underscore XP uh, says Black Panther to me matters to black panther matters to me because it is important to the twitter fam that they get representation i see how excited they are for this movie for the merch and i want this for them next at three sis 13 says black panther matters to me because of the power of image the character represents strength nobility and intelligence are a few of the traits the characters have that i'm excited for my daughters to see on screen uh, next, uh, from at Suara Saleh, one a friend of the podcast has been on a few episodes. Uh, Black Panther matters to me because he's prominent. He's a prominent genius, resourceful, and incredibly deep black hero who is empowering figure for people of color everywhere. I am not black, but to see him so highly revered makes me hopeful for other powerful POC heroes to be revered as well, including Kurdish or Middle Eastern heroes in the future. Next, uh, we have from at J, AKA, uh, J underscore, AKA underscore Jordan, part of my personal little little friend club on Twitter. She's amazing. Um, Black Panther. <laughs> uh, 
Black Panther matters to me because as a woman at an HBCU and hearing how the community wants to see themselves in this glorified light we deserve and to see ourselves in this character and his female warriors and scientists and say, I can be like that, if not better, just fills me, fills me up with inspiration, makes me really want this electrical engineering degree to see if I can make something as lit as their tech. Just seeing the different elements of Black culture in him and the people that surround him is what the world needs to see to show that unity is key to success. I just like that this character and movie will be more eye-opening for all and inspire all, no matter race, age, sexuality, whatever, everyone will get the feels. The only thing that's kind of funny about that is Wakanda likes their uh, isolation. I know. <laughs> um, from at CP30, Black Panther is special to me because he isn't token diversity. He's a character that has been around since 1966, has a substantial backstory, and holds an elite status in the Marvel Comics universe. Also, I think it's pretty great that he's a king in addition to a superhero. It gives his character extra depth and makes him stand out. A lot of the times, diversity is like, here's a POC hero. Now sit over there in the corner while Batman, Superman, Captain America, etc. do the real hero stuff. Black Panther isn't that. Cap always shows him respect, as do notorious haters like Doom and Namor. <laughs> notorious haters. He just gave my exact feels for why Cyborg is so trash in Justice League. What? <laughs> <laughs> go sort of Cyborg why Superman comes. Go do tech stuff why Superman goes and saves a day is basically, yeah, I agree with you, but I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know Adrian was hurt a lot by movies. I'm last so year. hurt this episode. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thank you for submitting your fan. But why those? They will be up on the website when this episode is posted. Um, now to end the show, what are y'all's? What? What are y'all's? What are for what? <laughs> but why those? She said, "What are those?" <laughs> 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 whatever now now to end the show what are y'all's feelings now adrian um so like i said at the beginning of this episode i didn't know a whole lot about him outside of just like what i've seen on like twitter and like watching guys talk about him uh so i'm more excited about the movie uh i'm excited for how excited uh you know, all of my friends are for the movie. I think these fan, but why those kind of say it better than I can. So I don't want to like try to out say what they say since they have a passion for the character a lot deeper than mine, but I'm excited for the character. I think he's dope. I think the actor is amazing. Uh, I hope it crushes a billion dollars and I hope he kicks ass in infinity war in a couple months. Matt. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, uh, I'm kind of like, ex I'm really excited for this movie. I've been excited for this movie, probably more than Infinity War at this point. Um, I'm kind of like, with the, I don't have the, I guess, the passion because it wasn't like, you know, I guess a depth. And uh, I don't know the character as well as like, obviously, Ritz on the show or even a lot of the people that in our fan, but why those? But I mean, from what I've known from the character, it just... I've always liked him for what he's done, especially his attitude of and the demeanor that he carries, especially even towards like um, 
the Avengers, you can definitely just from like what I've seen in the animated series when they show a lot of stuff, he takes basically he does not like stupidity at all, and he doesn't he doesn't mingle in like dumb stuff. Like a lot of the arguments, he just walks away and says, "I'm not dealing with this. This is below me." And so I'm also like, it just makes me excited to see Wakanda because it is just like a an advanced civilization with so much intellect. It's awesome. So you feel it on a spiritual level. Sure. <laughs> I mean, they're all scientists, like basically everything else in this movie. So as the scientist of the show. Oh, I would be a dumb scientist in that place. But... Well, I know that, but I'm saying <laughs> as the scientist of the show, you're totally down for the science of Wakanda. I don't know. He made sorcery, so it's got to be awesome. <laughs> I'm calling it sorcery, not shadow physics. I'm sorry. It's sorcery. Even though You don't I'm... like him with his cape. You can't call it sorcery. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> With a with a cape, his sorcery sounds a lot cooler. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Dang it. Uh, but uh no, I'm I've been saying it for probably about this entire month. I really believe it's gonna break a billion dollars. And if it doesn't, I'm gonna actually be very disappointed. Yeah. I would put Vegas money that this money movie breaks a billion dollars. That's how set I am on this. Nice. Also, with inflation, I guarantee you this is probably going to be a movie that's in the top 10 of all-time movies made, just by default. <laughs> it's from pre-sales alone. Oh, yeah, by pre-sales it has to. Like, this, these pre-sales have been insane. Yes. Um, so, for me, I have kind of talked a lot about why I like Black Panther throughout this episode. Uh, so, rewind it, you'll hear it. Um, but I actually really like what showing the world of Wakanda that, like Matt said, is straight science. Um, and like the opportunity that does that this does for Marvel to do outreach to marginalized communities, specifically within the world of, of STEM, because Marvel has shown with their other movies that they do do STEM initiatives with them. Um, so I, I'm really excited for the possibilities that that this gives to get kids kind of like Jay, um, kind of like how J.A.K. Jordan said about, you know, finishing her electrical engineering degree and like getting getting people who have not known this character, like just kind of like, I want to make that tech. <laughs> well, there's a lot of smart people in Africa and they're not just like third world countries. Yeah, they're developed and it's going to highlight all of that. Definitely. It has a very bad stigma that's just a dump, and it's not. I mean, there are places, but for the most part, it's a, they're just as advanced as a lot of places. I completely agree. Because um, it's fact. So it doesn't yes. matter if I agree. It's <laughs> it's fact. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that's like one of the things I'm really excited for. Um, I'm also really stoked to see the Dora Milaje. And I think overall, like this Black Panther as a character has like... I'm I'm just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this movie. I'm so excited for him. I'm so excited for Shuri. I'm so excited for everything because I I love I love him. Um, and I, I I think definitely this gives us a well-rounded character who has so many facets in the universe. Um, and I'm excited for where it can go. And it also gives me a lot of hope that hopefully we get some Latinx representation on screen because it is severely lacking. Um, so I'm hoping that the MCU and, and Disney and stuff sees the sales from here and like, hey, we, we can we can take this bet too. Even if it's a Netflix show, I'll take White Tiger Netflix show. Yeah. Good luck. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. Adrian's hurt again now. It's all right. We get Miles Morales. 
in animated form at the end of the year. It counts, right? Yes, it should. A little bit, at least. Yeah. <laughs> it counts on paper. Yeah, Not in fandom. I think it's going to be dope. It is going to be dope, though. Uh, yeah, so Ritz, your final words. Oh, yeah. But why, though? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, man. Representation, yo. Uh, representation. Kids wearing Black Panther costumes. White kids wearing Black Panther costumes. Uh, kids in a toy store picking up Black Panther toys off the shelves. Uh, you know, black women in leading roles in like top movies. You know, people buying out entire theaters and, and going dressed in African garb and dashikis. <laughs> uh, you know, people like doing 24 hour viewings of, you know, of this film. It's, 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 it's crazy. These pre-sales, these pre-sales are crazy. Um, man, it's just, it's just, it's just huge. It's like, it's probably one of the biggest things that, like movie-wise, at least, um, that I've probably ever seen. Well, it hasn't happened yet, but this is happening. It's it's happening actively. I mean, the premiere was insane. Like, if you saw what people were wearing, it, it, it's just, it's incredible. Like, the, the whole spirit that this thing is bringing out in people, it should tell, it should show, just like you were saying, it should show people right there, yo, representation matters different people's cultures matter like people aren't just excited because it's black panther or because it's marvel or because it's somebody in my job said you know oh it's it's because it's marvel that's why people are excited it's not just because it's marvel it's because people are getting represented at the very forefront you know what i mean like in 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 one of the one of the top grossing movie industries out right now these superhero movies is one of the top the top, the top actually because the mcu is the top uh, <clears throat> movie franchise financially so you got you're talking about the top movie franchise right now and a movie that is selling out or or doing or doing or doing breaking records as far as pre-sales and it's it's featuring black people there's two white people in this movie <laughs> Andy Circus in and uh and uh the, the dude who plays Ross. Bill Yeah. Ross like Stanley like, Cap. Is he gonna be in there? This is oh yeah, Stan Lee. He's like, you know, he's Reed, cameo somewhere. <laughs> Where is he gonna who is he gonna cameo with? But no, but it's just it's mind blowing, man. It's it, it really is. And seriously, again, one more time for the black women. Like, come on, dude. Never, ever, ever <laughs> have you seen like black women in this kind of action esque role forefront. A little bit. I'm not saying you know. There's there's been some slight role, but this big? Nah, ne- never, never this big. Yeah, like black women haven't had a blade. Right. Yeah. Like it's 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 never been this big. We got we got all the Dora Milaje shirt. Like just. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. Tessa is probably the closest we got to it in Thor. <laughs> that was a few months ago. You know what I mean? So, yeah, this is this is gonna be huge. Also, Tessa is also amazing as she's repping for the Latinas too. Oh yeah, true that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're 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 excited. 
Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, so yeah, um, that was our Black Panther episode. And hopefully we will have Ritz back on for our review. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. Yeah, no doubt. It's and imparting fun. your knowledge. Always fun. <laughs> um, so why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners where they can find you? Oh, yeah. Uh, you can find me at Ivy Wall or the Fourth Wall on Twitter. That's spelled I V W A L L. Uh, also, my blog is at ivywall.net, spelled the same way. And soon to come, if you check the Do You Even Comic Book hashtag, uh, there will be Do You Even Comic Book.com dropping very soon. So just type it into your browser, it'll probably pop up soon. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. We will make sure to post that um, and boost it through um, all our Twitter channels once that goes live as well. No doubt. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and what about your podcast? Where can, where can they find your podcast? On all, Also on uh, ivywall.net. That's why I, I always forget because it's on the site. <laughs> yeah, uh, I on Also ivywall.net. As a matter of fact, Wakanda for Life, the four is the, an IV for four. So uh, Wakanda for Life, uh, Life with the Y. Um, also, you can follow Sister Geek uh, at S underscore hero, the number four higher on Twitter. Um, and yeah, we'll be, we'll be having another episode dropping for that soon, too. Awesome. Uh, as always, you can find the podcast uh, at But Wide OPC on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash But Wide OPC. And, you, and if you have any fan But Why Those, send them to us, info at butwhythopodcast.com, and we will put them up on the site, whether it's for Black Panther or something else. Get involved in the conversation. Let us know your feels. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at OhMyMethRandier. Adrian? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z, 93. Matt? And you can find me on the Twitter at datm 18 D-A-T-T-M-1-8. So question, Ritz. What song you want to go out to? Oh, obviously the, 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 the Black Panther song. <laughs> Which song is that? My Black Panther song. Let's go. Oh yeah, that's your Black Panther song. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you even listen to it? I did. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Rich up here yelling at me to listen to it. Are I'm you, like, I already <laughs> gave you feedback and listened to it like four days ago. Are you gonna Are you gonna do a copyright claim against us? No. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of those. Panther. I got broads of Wakanda My niggas, they call me T'Challa Keep my claws like a palace My brain and weight if I'm honest Legacy, Panther You get in the green like I'm Bandit That's why I'm the king of commander I beast if I'm keeping the candy Legacy, Panther Legacy, Panther Legacy, Panther It's a legacy, it's a Panther It's a legacy, not the Panther The legacy, not the Panther